1: Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand.
2: The Leafs Bieber jersey, hot or not. I don't like the jersey. We were watching the game last night. I'm like, this is too much not Toronto. Because I posted it to Instagram quite some time ago. there was like between 60 and 70% of the respondents saying yes, they like the Bieber Leaf
3: jersey. What's wrong with people? I, You know what? I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. I like the traditional jerseys better, but I'm okay with it.
2: This is the Rod Peterson Show. Hey everybody, welcome to the RP Show. It's Hour 2, brought to you by Original 16 Beer, the greatest beer in the game. It's what we normally call a Flame Tech Football Friday. We had a little football talk last hour. We'll get to a little more later on this hour, but it's... We've had some eclectic big name guests today. Leah Routins from uh, TSN, basketball analyst last hour. Coming up, Jamie Thomas, radio color commentator of the Winnipeg Jets. And to preview a big NLL weekend, Stephen Stamp will be joining us from Lacrosse Link. We have to play our bet regal contest, and you haven't, we haven't asked you to do that just yet. So we can do it now. Take a look at tonight's games or all weekend's games. And pick the game you'll be watching the most you're most interested in. Pick the winner. Text us on the text line 902-518-3033. And if you accurately predict the winner, you will win a prize package from Brett Regal, which so many of our viewers already have so far here since we launched the contest about six weeks ago. Clark just telling me in my ear that we lost Jamie Thomas. We had him, and then we lost him. And I just can't tell you how grateful I am to have him on the air. I can sit here and talk about a lot of other things until we bring Jamie Thomas back. But what, what you need to know, and of course we've got a lot of viewers in the Winnipeg area on Game Plus Television, which is carried by Bell MTS Cable. Last night, the Ottawa Senators erupted with three third-period goals in just over three minutes to beat the Jets 5-2 in Winnipeg. Brady Kachuk scored a pair for the Sens, who also got goals from Tyler Ennis, Connor White, and Connor Brown replying for the jets who are now 5 points out of a playoff spot are Josh uh, were Josh Morrissey and Kyle Connor and the jets are home tonight to the Columbus Blue Jackets as Patrick Laine makes his return. So again, Jamie Thomas joining us to talk about it. JT, I appreciate the time on what must be a very busy time for you. And I didn't see the game last night. I was watching Florida Montreal. So can you please tell me how was it that the Sens – fired three quick ones in to salt that game away last night. What happened? Oh, oh
0: Rod, it, it, like, when you are thinking of urgency at this time of year to for a team that needs to make the playoffs and needs the, the points, that was not what the Winnipeg Jets provided at all. Uh, they didn't get pucks behind. The Ottawa Senators, they were trying to go across the ice. Ottawa is so good at pressuring. They forced mistakes whenever the Jets were trying to carry the puck through the neutral zone. They had somebody hounding them from behind at all times. So the plays were there to be made, but they were making the wrong choices. So there was a lot of turnovers last night. Uh, I think there was only nine that they put on the score sheet, but there was, I would probably think of at least 20. So it was a tough night that way. And all that urgency that you need or expect from a team that had won two in a row, kind of pulled themselves back in the conversation to possibly grab that last wildcard spot in the Western Conference. That urgency wasn't there at all. and So it was a disappointing effort, Rod, I guess is the best way to put it in. And now you dust that off and hope that you have a better response on against a Columbus Blue Jacket team that plays very similar to the way the Ottawa Senators do. They pressure you, they're all over you, they take away your time and space. So the Jets are going to have to complete completely during the previous two games
4: you know just before we look ahead to tonight's game against
2: columbus i just want to ask you this what is it doing to your health and the jets fans health of this up and down like a toilet seat season for instance the other night i'm watching the game i'm watching the game you don't have a shot for the first 15 minutes of the game i'm like oh this is over when vegas turns it on it's over i get i went to bed I get up the next morning and I'm yeah. like, the Jets won for nothing. Like, <laughs> where's the consistency with this hockey team, Jamie? What are they saying about that? I can't believe what's coming out of the my TV screen night after night.
0: Yeah, and I, the, the, you go back to the two, both games that the Jets played against Vegas here on home ice, Rod. Like they went 13 minutes without a shot on goal in the first meeting between Vegas about a week and a half ago, and then they almost come up with the exact same type of performance in the first period against Vegas on Tuesday. So it what these games are what you were watching the other night is a microcosm of what the jets have been like this year up and down and they're in the playoff conversation you would say that they kind of added and subtracted at the trade deadline on monday so they're not any worse or not any better i guess in some ways they've added some draft capital with the trading of andrew copp you bring back a guy in mason appleton that you know what you're going to get he's a straight line player he's got a lot of speed he knows the system the Jets run, so he's comfortable that way. And Zach Sanford, you've added some size and strength and a little bit more speed on for that third line. So they've been very inconsistent. And what has kind of saved them lately and brought them back in is Connor Hellebuck has looked like he has in the last three years or four years for the majority of his NHL career. Slow start this year. Now he's starting to look a little more comfortable between the pipes. And he kind of saved – well, he did save them on Tuesday against Vegas. So you're hoping for that. I guess the Ottawa Senators didn't get it. And now you got to write that one off and hope that things and the message comes through a little bit more tonight in a game against the Columbus Blue Jackets.
2: Now, remind me because COVID has killed my memory.
0: Yeah, is this okay. the
2: first? Is, yeah, is this the first return of Patrick Liney since the trade?
0: Yeah, it is. And, it, it, of course, the Jets played Columbus earlier this season, so that was Pierre-Luc Dubois' return to Columbus. and got lots of booze. I don't think that's going to be the case here tonight. You know, a lot of people focus on It's Patrick Lani's return, but, you know, Jack Roslovic also was uh, drafted and developed here in Winnipeg, played a long time with the Manitoba Moose, got some time with the Jets. And Pascal Vinson, who was the, Jet, or the Manitoba Moose's head coach and was an assistant coach for the Jets, also returning tonight but I can understand why the focus is there. Patrick Laine spoke for 15 minutes to the media here today, and it is uh, a huge night. And, you know, COVID robbed us of Patrick Laine coming here last year. It was the, it was the Scotia North division for 56 games, so he didn't get to see Patrick Laine. It's a big night. And he admitted today that he's a little nervous uh, coming back here to step on the ice, but I can imagine. it's It's been such a long time, Rod. I don't think there's any of that trickle, down of, of emotions anymore because he's been a part of the Columbus Blue Jacket organization for such a long time. He also lost his dad earlier this season. So there's a lot of other things going on, a lot more than just coming back to Winnipeg. And But I still think this will be a huge night. I believe there's a quick ceremony going on, you know, the, 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 the tribute video, but it will be Patrick Laine, Jack Rossovic, and Pascal Vincent included in that, in the, in that tribute.
2: I was just going to ask if, as a Jets employee, if you had any intel. No, who yeah. was the – if there would be a video. Who was the player yeah. a couple of weeks ago? Was it Mark Mathod or Andrew Raycroft? Somebody tweeted, these videos are getting out of control in the NHL, yeah. and maybe they are. I don't know. But L- Line a
0: is due one, is he not, for what the, what he did in Winnipeg? Oh, Like, he's electric. he was electric here, really. Like, he brought – you know, look at his rookie season. There's there's that overtime winner against the Toronto Maple Leafs on Wednesday Night Hockey. It was, you know, you still hear Dennis back going, Sku-! like just losing his mind over that one. And there's the 44-goal season. There was the five-goal game in St. Louis, Rod. Like there's just so many big moments that Patrick Laine brought. And uh, he was loved here. Um, it just didn't work out because of, of, I mean, if you could look at anything, I think you look at this as a trade, as a hockey trade. Um, the Jets got a very good player in Pierre-Luc Dubois, who will be the cornerstone of this franchise for a very long time. Patrick Laine is happy to be in Columbus, and Jack Roslovic is kind of rounding, around, rounding into form as a solid winger and center, bottom six kind of guy right now. So I just, I just hard to look at this trade and say anybody won it because you just have three good players changing locations, and I think everybody's a lot happier because of it.
2: Let me just ask you this, and then I have a, a brief CFL question that you can handle. You don't even need to yeah. be up on CFL stuff. It has to do with history, but <laughs> I, I know you're yeah. in a tough spot on the radio crew, but it just uh, mm. every, it seems like the Jets are missing something. You must wonder at times what it is, and, uh, but you're not the general manager. Yeah. That's not your job, but just the, the expectations mm-hmm. were so high this year, Jamie, and here they are where they are. Uh, what, what's been missing, yeah. do you think, in your estimation?
0: Uh, I, well, I think we touched on it earlier, right? Like consistency. Like some nights, they look like mm. the team that Kevin Chevaldea put together. And I don't, like, I don't think any of this should fall on the shoulders of Kevin Chevaldea and the management crew. They put together a team. They needed to improve their back end. They did that. You have two very strong lines. Your top six is as good as anybody in the league. You have a Vezina Trophy winner behind, you know, between the pipes. So why shouldn't things go well? Well, you can look at little things. You can look at the season stopping and starting in December. You know, the COVID rules up north of the border, not allowing fans the building, So thus management and ownership decides that you can put those games a little bit later on the schedule. So they went long. You know, they'd go 12 days without a game. It was really hard to get momentum. They played on the road a bunch. COVID hit the team. Two guys here, three guys there. So it was very hard to ice a full lineup night in and night out. So I don't think those are excuses. They're just reasons. And that's just the way things are rolled. And flat out, Connor Hellebuck did not look like the guy that we've known and loved for a long time through the first three years. And I think anybody, he's played a lot, so it's not a knock on him. He just wasn't at the, the guy that we've known over the years. So I didn't say, I'm not saying it all around. It's not controversial. I'm not saying he was terrible. He just was not at the level that we've seen in years past. And I believe he's kind of got back to that level now. We'll just see if it's too little too late. So I just want to be clear. I'm not completely blaming on Connor Hellebuck. There's a lot. Of, Mark Scheife got off to a slow start. Blake Wheeler got off to a slow start. Both of them had COVID the beginning part of the year. There's just so many factors factoring in here. And we shouldn't leave out Paul Maurice stepping down. And it shocked everybody. And I think it took a lot of the players in that dressing room to kind of adapt to the fact that Paul Maurice was not the head coach because he had been here for so long and built such a, st- a strong relationship with so many of the players in that dressing room.
2: Wonderful answer, uh, Jamie, by the way. And, and yeah, so we, you, you pinpoint what the problem is, lack of consistency. Now it's up to the powers to be to figure out how do you address that, and that ain't our job. Yeah. But I can tell you this, Jamie, no, what, what, I love, what I love about this <laughs> job of mine is to talk to guys yes. like yourself, and Ryan Leslie was on the other day from Sportsnet Flames, and I was talking about the truculent coaches you have to interview. In his case, Daryl Sutter, And he kind of rolled his eyes. And so you see Daryl's getting all the going viral with his clips. And I remember that day you either text me or email me. And you're like, I got to interview Ken Austin today. And I don't know what, like, times weren't great in Hamilton at that time. You're like, what do I ask this guy, (laughs) right? And I'm like, "I know." where where does that rate with the toughest interviews you've ever done? Like, it is not easy, man, especially interviewing a head coach when things aren't necessarily going too
0: great. Uh, how about this? I got a great one. Jim Playfair, uh, when he was head coach of the Calgary Flames, it was my first year of hosting, and we always got the coach coming off the ice in the first intermission. And the producer, the camera wasn't ready, and the producer wasn't ready, and Jim came off. And I think the Jets or the Flames were down two-nothing to Arizona or then Phoenix. And like Jim's like, F, let's go. F, let's let's F and go. Let's F and go here. And I'm going to the producer. Uh, Jim, Jim wants to go there here. So that that was a moment of <laughs> uncomfortability that i hadn't been a part of before and then my other favorite one is mike keenan used to wouldn't do interviews unless he had the score sheet so i know he just wanted to be up to date on everything but i sat there and tap danced in columbus only down one nothing for seven minutes waiting for the score sheet the, apparently the printer had broken down in columbus so mike didn't come out so i tapped that so it wasn't a tough interview rod it was just an awkward situation where I was not prepared to tap dance for five minutes waiting for the head coach of the Calgary Flames. So we've all been in awkward positions, coach, you know, interviewing coaches, but the one with Jim barking at me with something. And I'm not, again, let's Jim, if you're listening or watching, I am not knocking you. You're, you're down by one, probably not (laughs) happy with the way your team played and we're making you wait to do the interview. So uh, those, those are two of my uh, least favorite moments in my interviewing career.
2: Yeah. And here you are, on Sportsnet, by the way it's <laughs> yeah, you know what i mean yeah. it's you're not in a broom closet and that's the no. thing is i got a buddy no. he's a he's a chief of police now who's a former broadcaster and he's like listen man yeah. after we got through those incidents we can do anything in life because you're just sweating yeah. buckets right but i mean the thing with yeah. kent too is uh you never know how these coaches are going to go off with whatever question no. you ask them right so it can be somewhat
0: stressful anything else jt before i let you go no, it's uh, listen, we've, we've had a great, you know, great run of uh, doing this job, Rod. And, and you know, I think if you only think of a couple of times where things get awkward with people. I think we've done all right in our life, but uh, very fortunate to, to have the career that I've had and been able to talk to you about the awkward moments that we have. Because I think people appreciate what we do when the funny stuff happens or the awkward moments that we can look back and kind of laugh at them a little bit.
2: Of course, in retrospect, that's what makes it fun jamie uh appreciate you sneaking us in on a uh, game day and i'm listening to you guys all the time too so keep it up my thanks, best buddy. to uh, mr Edmonds, and good luck getting, getting yeah. into the postseason
0: thanks buddy i appreciate it i love that shirt go dolphins
2: <laughs> there you go thank you it's our year <laughs> jamie thomas joining us from one Winn- of i'm not a dolphins fan i just like the gear i just play one on tv Although they've been treating me pretty nice, too. i got to be these to all these teams have been tremendously nice, particularly the Winnipeg Ice, by the way. And I, don't, I didn't make a big enough deal about this. The viewers that know my history, just overall in life, but with Winnipeg as a city? Uh, it was unbelievable last month when I got asked by the Winnipeg Ice, and let's be honest, Brian Munns, who's probably watching right now, because he watches every day on Game Plus TV in Winnipeg, asked me to come do color for them, and I walked into the Red Deer Centrium a couple hours before the game, and they said, excuse me, sir, who are you with? And I said, I'm with Winnipeg. I'm like, whoa. I never thought I'd say that, but it feels kind of nice. It was nice to be with a Winnipeg team. Nice to be with any team.
4: But the best team is this one. And uh, the coach joins us next, Darren Moose DuPont. I got some good stuff cooking up for you here
2: on a flame tech football friday we'll be right back you are watching on the game plus television network youtube live streaming and if you missed any portion of the show you can catch it wherever you catch your favorite podcasts including apple stitcher and spotify
1: head to youtube.com slash the rod peterson show now you gotta subscribe click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed
2: Beautiful day in South Florida, an exciting day too. Well, yesterday maybe a little more so when Tyree Kill was introduced to the Miami Dolphins media. But yeah, they're all excited, all excited. It's March and the <laughs> season doesn't kick off till September, but that's what they're buzzing about down here. Uh, let's bring in the Moose if you don't mind on this Flame Tech Football Friday. Uh, hey Moose, are you
3: hitting on the road? When are you hitting the road? You got a big, you got a big road trip coming up this weekend. When are you hitting the? highway. Yeah, not till, not till tomorrow. Not till tomorrow. So probably okay. right around uh, noon or so tomorrow. Okay, um, so
2: look, are you ready to have some fun here on this Friday and yeah. take us into the weekend? Nothing too crazy here, by the way, but I asked our viewers earlier about their featured games of the weekend and who they think will win. It's the Bet Regal contest that we play every Friday and every weekend. So take a look at the sports schedules, whatever your favorite league is, and whatever the game is. I would like to hope, Darren, that you've come up with your own Um, Chris in Medicine Hat, she's watching. She says, she's texted in the 902 line. She says, it'll be the Raptors beating the Pacers Saturday night. Randy from the Peg writes in and he says, good morning, RP crew. I won last week, but I'll play for fun. Game of the weekend for me, Canada, Jamaica, Canada wins big. That's that qualifying game, as you know, on Sunday. There's a lot more, but I'm not going to get into all of them. But please write us at 902-518-3033. And I'll get to mine here in this segment. From the viewers, you know, I, Jimmy Thomas, clearly a Dolphins fan. He says he likes the shirt. And I said, yeah, this is our year. Paul in Winnipeg writes in and he says, I'm starting to think RP is a bandwagoner. Yikes. Um, breaking news. Just now. <laughs> Rod will only cheer for the team that gives him free stuff. Uh, that's not new, bro. A little slow on the uptake there. Paul and Winnipeg. Come on. <laughs> Rod cheers for the team that gives him a free seat in the press box. Bingo. And I go back to that movie, Fever Pitch. It changed my life. Uh, forget about my relationships with teams that I've worked for. But you've watched the movie, uh, Fever Pitch, with Jimmy Love Fallon? It. Yeah.
3: Drew Barrymore.
4: Do you not remember
2: Drew Barrymore? They're having supper that night, and she's had enough a lobster. with his, his fandom with the Red Sox, and she says, you've spent your
4: whole life loving the Boston Red Sox. How many days have they spent loving you? Let's stop and think about that for a while. What, what's your team doing for you? right so
2: uh (laughs) i don't mind spreading (laughs) my love around sports wise uh ted blues watching on youtube says maybe it's just me but sometimes this show feels like you're in the dressing room before a game good natured chat about different topics and even a chirp or two thrown out there now that's that's kind of the whole idea And when we were in the bunker back in uh, the sweatpants capital, it really was that locker room feel. Now we've just moved it out and taken it on to the road. And because we've seen, we've got a lot of new viewers here. We should tell the folks Moose that this was your idea. It's played out exactly the way that you'd hope that it would.
3: That's right. You know, just to, you know, create that locker room vibe and then take it out to the world. Right. And be able to connect in, in, in all different markets and different areas. And now, you know, down in Florida or whether we're in Calgary or Winnipeg, Edmonton, you name it.
4: Yeah, well, it's what people don't understand. When you start to get into business, it's business. Um, I do want
2: to get to the, what I wanted to talk about here, but uh, Jeff, the Stamps fan says, is Tom Brady heading to Miami? There are some rumors. There are rumors, and I'm actually glad that you brought that up when I was heading to a workout this morning at Orange Theory Fitness. I was listening to 560 WQAM. And it, they don't know where these rumors are coming from. They spent probably, Darren, a total of 45 seconds on Tom Brady coming to the Miami Dolphins. And you, you want to know where it's coming from? He is building a house. Uh, and I believe the area is Indian Creek. And they say it's going to be the biggest house for miles and miles and miles. They're like, well, he's building a house here. He must want to come play there. Uh, But even the guys on Miami Sports Talk Radio didn't believe that this was a thing. Have you heard those rumors? Because you follow everything that Tom Brady does, even more so than I do.
3: You know what? I haven't. I haven't looked into it, though, either. But, no, I I haven't heard the rumors of of Tom to Miami. You know what? It's interesting you know, Tua would probably go the other way if it was going to be a trade deal. Um, and so Tampa could start building for the future and, and Miami is ready to win now, but Tampa's ready to win now. They just, you know, brought back just about everybody and they're in a good spot. So no, I, I couldn't see Tom leaving Tampa for Miami um, and just going that close. If, he's, if he was going to leave, it would have been to San Francisco or somewhere all the way across the country. I can't imagine.
2: I think we have to, um, well, I mean, nothing surprises me, but with the timing of Brady saying that he was going to come back in 2022, from what I've heard from the football people, was to let the Buccaneers get their house in order financially to know, do we have this, what's he playing at, 2022 20 million, 20, million, something like that? Right. You, you, you'd kind of like to ha- know if that was going to be in your books or not. So Tom, three, four days before the league business year opened for 2022, told him he was coming back. And then if they have to move him, the plan is still Blaine Gabbard. So no, I, I don't believe that Tom Brady is, is uh, crossing the state, let's put it that way. By the way, Jeff, the Stamps fan, writes in her, uh, also and says, the next time when Rod comes back to Calgary, we would, we would all love to see him wearing the Bull Levi jersey. That's a very interesting scenario to see unfold, our
4: relationship with the city of Calgary, because they didn't like Tom Brady in Florida till he moved here. Now they love him. Think about that for a second. They didn't like the yep. RP show in Calgary till we went there. And now it's a completely different
2: story. <laughs> so there's some sort of fascinating study in human behavior there.
4: You know, yeah. Um, John Kirby in Edmonton wants to know where these sources
2: are, where are they, where are the rumors coming from. Randy from the Peg says it's time to get you a Chargers hoodie, Rod. I got one. You know where it this does. whole thing started? Yeah, this whole thing started with me wearing sports gear on the air. Was everywhere I go, I pick up some piece of gear. Whether it's the, an NFL game, NHL game, MLB. And over the years, I've got something from pretty much every team. Darren's seen it. So, and by the way, I wasn't bringing that Chargers hoodie down here. Because if you wear a hoodie down here, you, like, you'll sweat yourself
4: into a puddle. You'll be peeing orange by lunchtime. You know what I mean? Oh, no. Right?
2: Uh, yeah, you'll be dehydrated is what I'm saying. And so the puddles.
3: Can I yeah, ask a question? Um, Please do, and I know where you're speak. going with this. <laughs> the puddles in the social media when you got splashed. Can you can you walk us through that a little bit? Because uh, and, and this guy's like literally, you're 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 videoing the flood that was happening in your street as it was pouring rain. Yep. And this big decked out truck lifted up, and everything starts coming through, nice and slow. And you're filming, and then all of a sudden he hits the gas. How many times did you watch that? Probably three or four on
2: the loop for sure. Okay. The reason I say that is if for those go follow my own personal Instagram at Rod Peterson official, it was just hammering. Like yesterday when we were wrapping up the show that it was starting to rain hard, right? So it flooded the whole street. So I went out there and I'm videoing that and that white truck, that huge GMC truck it was like he was going through the water. It was like news coverage, wasn't it? It's like what you see on WDIV News. Flooding, yeah. happy,
4: in the streets. He's, if you look in the video, he sees me and hits the gas. Did you notice? Yeah. He sped up. So and then he the, plows. Obviously the wake yeah. and the... Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, anybody who's driven through something like a puddle knows the faster you go, the higher the water goes and farther. So he tried to soak me. So in my video, if you're watching it on Rod Peterson Official, I say, what a prick. And then I started laughing because <laughs> he missed me. So, no, I didn't know the guy. It wasn't set
4: up. Uh, that's the, it was exactly what you saw, Moose. That's funny. Wayne in
2: Victoria, B.C. says, but Rod, I thought you once said you don't wear jerseys. I see you in a shirt slash T-shirt more often. Funny how they pay attention, hey Moose? I don't wear jerseys to go to the sports bar. I don't wear jerseys to go to a wedding like some people do. But for the purposes of this show, I would wear a jersey if I had to, or if, if that's what it took to get Bo Levi Mitchell on the show, I would wear the jersey to get Bo Levi on the show. Anyways, I really had plans for this segment. It's gone completely off the rails. And that's totally fine that's the fun part of all this but my point is i i saw it spurred a real discussion in the chat and i want to ask the fans now if you're not texting us what your featured game is of the weekend and picking the winner for bet regal tell me what you think i got spam call coming in here tell me what you think about the question who will be the biggest disappointment in the cfl this year because that really got people going and we are across all 10 provinces. There is some news coming out in the CFL with regards to uh, Touchdown Atlanta going to be played in Halifax this year. The Riders and the Argos are meeting. Um, I wanted to spend some time with you, and we got well, four to five minutes to do it here, on who the biggest disappointment would be. And secondly, Tyreek Hill gets introduced to the Miami media yesterday. I was asked to be there, but I couldn't be there because it happened right when we were on the air. Same thing happened with Deshaun Watson in Cleveland. Could the CFL have a splashy introduction to the media like that, or is that horse out of the barn? We did it with Vince Young, and I got to think it was everything just like what the NFL stuff is. But Vince Young is an NFL guy. If Cameron Judge was introduced to the Calgary media, hey, Cam Judge is in town, y'all. Former most outstanding Canadian in the CFL, uh, division nominee, star at UCLA, second
4: overall pick. Would anybody show up, and would it be a media event? Or are we just past that in society now? I think there's an opportunity. I mean, we know that stuff happens in Saskatchewan, and
3: you know, no matter who you unveil, you know, the media is going to show up, you know, around here, and they're going to do a great job of it. Um, Would it happen in the other markets? I don't know. I haven't spent enough time in those markets. I'd like to think that it would happen, or at least it could happen, because that's I think that's what's what it's going to take for everybody. You know, we all have to you know um get excited about these things right about the signings about you know meeting the players um about the schedule being released all these different things right um that's how that's how the media outlets are going to get more coverage that's how the teams are going to get more coverage that's how the league's going to rise together i think uh
4: i think it could happen
3: i'm optimistic i think it could happen yeah i just
2: i guess now would be the time to to say what i said on the air to you or on the phone to you the other day i do not want to be the fart that sits around and says this is the way we used to do it it was better in the old days but it was literally better in the old days you know (laughs) in terms of hey we got a player coming to town uh hey global can we bring cam judge on your morning show hey ctv can we bring him on the morning show hey all sports radio station can dvs spot in the day for cam job i'm not sure that that's happening anymore and as i said to you how many times and you all are on social media you're all on linkedin how many times do you see the young 20-something kids say hey y'all i just got named the new digital social media coordinator for the insert major league sports team and i'm like i'll guarantee you you have no clue how to do that job or 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 i'm completely passe But I'm just saying the people that are coming into the business now have no idea what you need to do to generate hype for a team or for a league. Because it seems like most of the people, shoot, we're having lunch with these guys and coffee and phone conversations with the guys that used to do it,
4: Darren, all the time. They're not in the game anymore.
3: That's right. You know, you hope you got some young people in that that provide some new blood, but you got to remember some of those old school tactics worked right? Some of the old school tactics worked. Reaching out, inviting all the media to your event, feeding stories, right? I mean, uh, I know we want to keep some of that information for ourselves, for our own channels, because that's views. We want people coming back. And the more attention we have on our own social media, the more we can sell you tickets to this or merchandise or whatever on our channels. But you need everybody else telling your story as well, because a lot of people aren't necessarily following you and your feed. So you got to kind of those old-school tactics still have a lot of value. Predictably,
4: the
2: answer's coming in in the chat into the text line regarding who will be the biggest disappointment. Stampeders, Rough Riders, Blue Bombers. They're all picking their rival team, which is understandable. Moose, we'll see you back here for overtime, all right? You bet. It is a Flame Tech football Friday. Here we got some football talk in there for you. We'll be back in a moment. We're broadcasting live from South Florida, one half of the show, the other half in the NHL's Bermuda Triangle, and you're watching on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com.
1: Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You got to subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed.
2: It is the R. P. Show. Beautiful day here in South Florida. I'm telling you, I want an N. L. L. team down here. If they got it, I'd be the happiest man in the world. And I appreciate all the comments that have come in regarding our topics earlier. Ryland in Seattle, I had your saw your message about the Thunderbirds social media. Um, still waiting for picks of the weekend from our viewers for Bet Regal. I'm going to try to squeeze them all in in overtime when the Moose rejoins us. But it's time for our bi weekly chat with Stephen Stamp from Lacrosse Link and talk about uh, NLL games of the weekend, the game of the weekend. And let's bring Stamper in now. Uh, it is that time of year, uh, Stephen. We're obviously in the home stretch. The games are exciting, the intensity's ratcheted up, and I'm going to open with this. Anytime Saskatchewan Rush plays, that's my featured game, and they're home Saturday night to the Roughnecks. That's the West Conference most featured game, okay? Would you agree? Because I know you got an East Conference game identified as the biggest game of the weekend.
1: Well, certainly the the Calgary Saskatchewan is huge because nobody can afford another loss. Obviously, the the point where they pretty much have to win out both teams. I mean, Calgary's got a slight edge, but you know, they, they just can't afford losses and they're, you know, it, it's easy to forget as we now have exactly one third of the season to play. Calgary are the defending champions, and Saskatchewan have won four championships in the last what six years and are always a contender. So it's still pretty shocking to see them down at the bottom of the West Division standings, you know, behind a Vancouver team that hasn't made the playoffs in five years and behind a, an expansion team. So, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of attention focused on that. And, of course, the Courier brothers playing each other. Um, there's a lot going on in that game, and uh, it, it should be a good one. But for sure, I think the for for non-Saskatoon-based folk I would or Calgary-based mm-hmm. folk, I would say the Buffalo-Halifax doublehead or the home-and-home is a massive pair of games this weekend.
2: Well, and that's, you know, we're talking about a game in the West that's at the bottom of the standings. This one, you're talking about Halifax-Buffalo is at the top of the East Conference standings. So what are the ramifications of this home-and-home home set?
1: Well, here's the thing. Buffalo is two games ahead, um, sitting at a 10-1 and one record, while Halifax is 8-3. and three. So obviously, if Halifax can sweep, this pair of weekend games, all of a sudden they vault into a tie and have the tiebreaker winning the season series against Buffalo. So that is huge. That gives them the inside track on first place. If Buffalo sweeps it, they don't clinch first place, but, boy, they have a pretty solid lock. Um, first place and all of a sudden Halifax is looking at the teams behind them Uh, a warming up Georgia team an Albany team that's always dangerous Uh, the Toronto Rocks sitting right there actually looking to move into a tire ahead of them so the ramifications are huge with just six games or so per team heading down the stretch of the season now if it's split it's kind of status quo and that's usually the most common scenario when teams do play back to back in a weekend but boy whoever wins the first night is going to be fired up to go in and try and close things out on the on the Saturday uh, in Halifax.
2: This is a slight curveball, but I know you can handle it. You sent a list of topics, but this isn't on it. But I look at the parallels between the NLL and the CFL: eighteen game season, guys have second jobs, and these races go down a lot of times to the final weekend of the regular year. Is there a parallel here? CFL comes back from a year off, and the level of play drops. Everybody said it. You probably heard it, Steven. Scoring was the lowest since 1974. Was there a noticeable drop in level of play in the NLL after taking a year off due to COVID?
1: The scoring hasn't dropped. There are some great individual performances. I mean, what a rookie like Jeff Teet is doing, what the guys on top. Dane Smith has a chance to break his own record. He's going for points in a season and to, he's on track to break the record for assists in a season by 10 assists. The way he's going right now it's huge so and that's one that's held by mark matthews and that so there are a lot of great individual performances i think overall the play has been has been good but uneven i think is the big thing that there have been a lot of Times where teams have had poor stretches, um, teams have str- some teams struggled out of the gate. I think the level of play has risen, but I think the other thing is another expansion team this year means the talent has spread a little bit wider. I, I wouldn't say it's diluted because I think there's still lots of talent, lots of guys who can play, but you don't have all the teams loaded. At, on offense like absolutely stocked and there's no room for guys to make an impression you look at panther city as an expansion team wouldn't be in quite the same boat but still they signed two guys mid-season cam milligan and dean farrell who have now become some of their leading scorers they're scoring five or six points a game each and that is not a coincidence that that is about when they started their winning streak there are other factors but you know so it, it's not it wasn't as common before that you could sign somebody off the street and have them have that kind of impact. And I think that's a factor of, of not having played, of the expansion, and of teams needing to search, dig a little deeper to, to make a difference because there are some more challenges.
2: Thank you for the explanation. It's a good one. Now, speaking of individual performances, John Tavares' uh, lofty career records are in jeopardy. Tell me about those.
1: Yeah, I mean, John Tavares held basically all the records in the National Lacrosse League. Dan Dawson is going to break one of them this weekend when he will play in his 307th game. That will break the record for most games in the NLL by a player uh, breaking Tavares' record. And the interesting thing is that the assist record has been tracking right along with the game's played record. I figured out about six weeks ago that, holy cow, the way the pace is going Dawson could break the assist record the same night he breaks the game's played record he's actually one assist behind Tavares so two assists and he'll break that record as well and it's uh, I mean it's a real testament to longevity to the health to the the amount of work that Dan Dawson has put in he's such a great ambassador for the game and he's obviously played at a very very high level um the one Point I think that Dan Dawson would be quick to make, and a lot of people point out, is John Tavares, when he started his NLL career, the season was eight games long. Then it went to 10 to 12. He did wind up playing 16-game seasons. But players now have a lot more games. I think the game's played record is not one that's going to last, and I think a lot of the scoring record will be broken. But Dan Dawson is doing it when nobody has approached those numbers for a long time.
2: Stamper, before we let you go, uh, tell our viewers about lacrosse link because the sport's the fastest growing on the continent. NLL is growing. We see it before our very eyes and you cover it all at lacrosse link. Tell us about it.
1: Yeah, we do a, a weekly show lacrosse link. We have interview base. We have players from uh, players and coaches and folks from all around the world of lacrosse. We've had, you know, obviously a focus on NLL. We've had folks from Australia, from Czech Republic, from uh, Venezuela, um, all over the place covering the sport. And we also do a rundown where we cover some of the top topics in the game. So it's it's a lot of fun. It gives me a chance to, to really spread and, and cover a broad variety of topics and also really get down and talk to some of the people making a difference every week. We're trying to get people who are, you know, on the right on the, the edge of the news, just uh, what's going on. and um, it's, it's a lot of fun. We've been went a lot into it, and, and I just love getting on every week and, and talking to the people in the game.
2: I love the analysis. Great job, Stephen. Thanks for the time. Enjoy the games this weekend.
1: Thanks, RPU. Too have a great weekend.
2: Stephen Stamp from Lacrosse Link joining us to talk about the uh, grand old game of lacrosse. Before we break, despite falling one nil to Costa Rica last night and falling, uh, failing to secure a World Cup berth, Canadian men's soccer coach John Herdman remains confident his team will get the job done. Canada will have another shot. To book a ticket to Qatar 2022 on Sunday when they host Jamaica at BMO Field. Winnipeg Jets will see a familiar face tonight in the NHL when they host former Jet Patrick Line and the Columbus Blue Jackets. A 5 2 loss to the Senators last night doused even more cold water on Winnipeg's slim playoff hopes. They're five back entering tonight. Elsewhere, the Pacific Division leading Calgary Flames are home to the Arizona Coyotes. And at the World Women's Curling Championship, Carrie Anderson in her Canadian rink will. Conclude the round robin today with matches against Germany and the Czech Republic. Canada enters the day in a tie for third at seven and three. The sports uh, update for Dubnetwork.ca, your number one source for Western Hockey League breaking news and analysis. Visit today Dubnetwork.ca. And for Ben Cahoon's G2G Protein Bars, RP Show viewers get 20% off of the promo code RP Show. Order yours now at G2GBars.ca. We'll be right back with Overtime. It's going to be a lot of fun when the Moose rejoins us. You are watching on Game Plus TV, live streaming on YouTube, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to
1: youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now.
2: Hey, Here we go. We're live. It's overtime. And it's brought to you by the Four Seasons Sports Palace, your home for the UFC and the National Hockey League. You see why I'm so excited about the weekend? It's a whole lot of that as we bring in the moose, Darren Moose DuPont. And it is viewer takeover time for our friends at Taco Time with over 120 locations across Canada. There's always one near you. Do You hear that car racing by?
3: You feel like a speedway, like your Formula One track outside your door.
2: Uh, it's just the Dixie Dixie Freeway, <laughs> or not freeway, Dixie Highway. Sometimes you think it was a freeway. Um, yes. Thank you, Clark, for the reminder. I have to do the original sixteen logger update, and we'll do that before we go off the air here. But there's all kinds of comments coming in and viewer takeover. Betregal.ca. Come on, folks. You don't want to win a beautiful hoodie like you see us wear, a golf shirt, a hat. I love my lids from Bet Regal. One of these days I got to wear them. Here's my featured game. Simple. Calgary Flames, Arizona Coyotes, tonight in the Saddle Dome. Every time I say that word, I think of Peter Marr. The Saddle Dome. You, you do too, probably, because you opt his games. Oh, yeah. Flames will win. They need to win. That's my featured game. And if I win it, I'm keeping the Bet Regal gear. Just Texas, 902 518 3033. You can bet at Bet Regal on CHL games. That's major junior, NLL games, baseball preseason, NHL, you, whatever you want. NASCAR, but that's mine. Flames, Arizona tonight, Flames to win. How about you?
3: Uh, tomorrow night's, uh, yeah, tomorrow night's rush game in Saskatoon my featured game of the weekend. Russian Roughnecks, so I'm nice. looking forward to that one. That's a rematch of St. Patrick's Day. Lots on the line. Going to be physical. It's going to be fun. Can't wait. Sounded like you just said,
2: the Russian Roughnecks. That sounds like an indie punk band. <laughs> the Russian Roughnecks. The Russian uh, roughnecks. BW. B-W-B-Oh, boy, here we go. BW, and I'd like to know who this BW guy is. He watches on YouTube all the time, and I don't know why he said it, but I'm just going to read what he said. He says, just move the Argos to Moncton. Rogers pays expansion fees with my data charges. That's when Toronto will give two hoots when Bieber designs a new uniform. Yeah, maybe Justin Bieber should design a new uniform for the Argos. But I'm, it's like anything. I say anything about the CFL, and people just go screaming bloody Ape. So I, you're starting to understand why I'm a little hesitant to even talk about it. I suggested the Argos move to Moncton because of what's going on in Toronto. I just, like, my, my phone just went nuclear. I'm like, why, why, why do I even talk about this? And, and John in Edmonton says, I want to know your thoughts behind Saskatoon, Quebec City, and why Mexico is on the list for CFL possible expansion cities, says Wikipedia. Why don't you throw in Moscow and uh, Lexan, Sweden, and um, Hong Kong? Because they're about as reasonable places for CFL expansion as anywhere else. Again, I need to get to the weekend and get the hell out of here. (laughs) Before I say something I regret. They've been talking about the Halifax Atlantic schooners for 35 flipping years. I'm like, when... Do you say you know what? <laughs> you got me.
4: You're good. You guys are good. You. Yeah,
2: I got football guys writing me now. Say you got that number for Gary Drummond. I'm like,
4: it's been four years, man. Are they still hiring?
2: <laughs> I'm talking about CFL expansion. What's dumber, four downs or expansion or XFL partnership? Like, I'm getting tired of it. Your take on any of that?
3: yes i have one you know mexico actually makes some sense okay out of all of it there's a reason (laughs) and i think that's because of the international game and i know this is just from conversations you know jim mullen president of football canada they've gone down there for you know um i don't know if it was called the the big world tournaments right the international play and they're very passionate in in mexico about the game and they filled the stadium for a game against canada and you know, to play to play three down football, I think that was ex- it's exciting. So there's a market there. I don't know if it's for the CFL though, and it's not anytime soon. So um, it's fun to talk about, but no.
4: Are they playing three down or four down football there? I think three. I think it's three. Yeah, uh, I don't
2: think they are. Okay, let's get it. Take Moose off the screen for a second. Let's get it with the Great Western Original 16 Ultra Logger update. And here we go. This is going to sound like a commercial, but it's not. Trust me. The Saskatchewan Rush are home Saturday night to the Calgary Roughnecks in a must-win NLL game. This, I believe, is the sixth season for the Rush in Saskatoon since relocating from Edmonton. But I still can't believe how many Saskies have yet to be to a game. Now's the time. The Rush and Roughnecks are tied in the basement of the NLL West with four wins each. But just like the CFL with an 18-game regular season, you're not generally out of it until the last weekend. And the winners are the fans because the playoffs have pretty much started now and the rush can't afford another loss over their final five games. With fighting all but eliminated from hockey, I had to make a decision five years ago whether I'd keep watching that sport or not. Clearly, I do. But the hockey leagues forbid their teams and networks from promoting fighting, barring video of scraps in their highlight packages. Not so in the NLL, in fact, it's encouraged by the head office. So, just like the wild and woolly days, you never know what's going to happen in a rush game. Saturday's your best chance to find out. Get your tickets now at Ticketmaster.ca. With 22 seconds to spare. Moose, can we get him on the screen? <laughs> Take care yes, of yourself. Great Travel safe. I'll see you Monday. I'll see you Monday, okay? Have a great weekend. Bye, everybody. How about that? I never told you to shut
4: up. Uh, Well, (laughs) a couple times. For more Rod Peterson On Demand, visit rodpeterson.com.